right, stand with me this morning, amen. Hey, let's look in the book of Luke this morning, the book of Luke chapter number two this morning. We're looking in the book of Luke this morning, chapter number two. We're going to read verses number 10 and 11. The book of Luke, chapter number two, we're going to read verses number 10 and 11. The Bible says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Father, we thank you that you loved us enough that you gave your one and only Son to do for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. Father, I just pray, Lord, as we celebrate this time of year, the birth of of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we will understand and recognize that Jesus indeed is the reason for the season. Lord, your blessing upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today, in the name of Jesus, we ask. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. The title of my message today is Happy Holidays. Now, although I don't like the politically correct greeting, Happy Holidays, and when retailers say this to me, I always respond very, very nicely, but very firmly, Merry Christmas. But although I, I, I don't particularly like the expression Happy Holidays, I do want to give you five practical tips today on how to make the holidays happier for you. Now, even though this time of year is supposed to be a happy time, the song says it's the most wonderful time of the year. It says it's the happiest season of all. And it is for some, and yet for others, it's not. For one reason or another, this time of the year for them is the most stressful, it's the most lonely, it's the most, the most difficult time of their year. Now, I'm not going to try and dazzle you today with my depth, as I normally do. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. But although I do not want to try and dazzle you today with my my depth, I I do have some things that to say that I believe that we all need to hear. And it's not that we don't already know these things. It's just some things that we need to be reminded of. So let's get started this morning. Five practical tips on how to make the holidays happier. The first one, and this first one ought to To go without even saying this morning, we should all understand this, we all should take this for granted, but I still believe we need to talk about it, and that is you need to remind yourself of the Christ of Christmas. Remind yourself of the Christ of Christmas. See, see, Christmas should not be all about us. Now, Now, there's nothing wrong with tinsel and trees and toys. And it's okay to have parties and presents and programs as long as we do not crowd Christ out of Christmas. I believe some people need to remind themselves that it is called Christmas, not us-mus. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 says, don't be selfish. 
It says, think of others ahead of yourself. It says, do not just look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Christmas is a reminder of our Savior. Now, now for those of us that have been saved for, for years, it, it seems like it nearly takes dynamite to move us. I face it every Sunday morning. We've seen it all, we've heard it all, uh, we've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. But how many would agree that it shouldn't be that way? We should never take our salvation for granted. And we need the celebration of Christmas to remind us of our Savior. I came across a poem And the title of the poem is, Can This Be Christmas? And it goes like this. What's all this hectic rush and worry? Where go these crowds who run and scurry? Why all the lights, the Christmas trees, the jolly fat man? Tell me, please. Why don't you know this is the day for parties and for fun and play? Why, this is Christmas. So this is Christmas, do you say? But where is Christ this Christmas day? Has he been lost among the throng, his voice drowned out by empty song? No, he's not here. You'll find him where? Some humble soul now kneels in prayer who knows the Christ of Christmas. But see the many aimless thousands who gather on this Christmas day who hearts have never yet been opened or said, or said to him, come in to stay. In countless homes, the candles burning, in countless hearts, expectant yearning for gifts and presents, food and fun and laughter till the day is done. But not a tear of grief or sorrow. For him so poor he had to borrow a crib, a coat, a boat, a bed where he could lay his weary head. I'm tired of all this empty celebration of feasting, drinking, recreation. I'll go instead to Calvary. And there I'll kneel with those who know the meaning of that manger low and find the Christ this Christmas. I leap by faith across the years to that great day when he appears, the second time to rule and reign, to end all sorrow, death, and pain. In endless bliss we then shall dwell with him who saved our souls from hell and worship Christ, not Christmas. Christmas is a reminder of our Savior. Well, I'm giving you five tips this morning on how to make the holidays happier. And the first is we need to remind ourselves of the Christ of Christmas. And we need to give him genuine thanks for coming. The second tip that I have to give you this morning to help make your holidays happier is you need to refuse the temptation to compete. You know, in some families, and I'm saying some families, but in some families, Christmas has become one giant competition. The extended family all gathers to compete. Oh, it's very subtle. And no one makes the announcement 
Everybody gather. We're going to compete. No one makes the announcement. No one says it. But in some homes, in some extended families, that's what it has developed into. It begins with the cars they drive up in and the clothes they wear, each trying to outdo the other. The competition grows as they start swapping stories of their successes and achievements over the past year. And the first liar doesn't have a chance. Because the stories continually get embellished as one person interrupts another to tell their story. And each story topping the last story. And then the gifts come out and the gift exchange begins. And some try to buy the affection and the approval of their parents or their kids by the size of their gifts. I'm sure your extended family is not like this. Here's a tip for somebody here today, and that is refuse the temptation to compete. Whether you have a lot and you could easily win the competition or, or you cannot afford to compete and yet you have chosen to compete in the past anyway by using credit cards. Refuse the temptation to compete. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12 says that it is unwise to compare yourself with others. Let me say two things here this morning. Number one, the true value of our gifts are not in the cost of the gift. My grandma and grandpa were very, very poor people. And I remember as a little boy growing up, going to grandma's house, and grandma and grandpa had 13 kids. And all 13 of the kids had anywhere from one to five kids. And we all crammed in grandma and grandpa's little, little tiny two-bedroom house, probably a 1,000 square feet, if that. Probably less than that. Only had two bedrooms. But I'll never forget when it was time to give the gifts. And it was time to get the gifts from grandma. I remember as grandma's gift was usually something that she made with her own hands. The only gift that my grandma ever bought me that I remember was socks. And that was a large gift because she had 13 kids and she had, you know, 30-some grandkids. But I'll never forget as we were opening, opening our presents and one of our, one of our cousins, one of our cousins, when he, when he got his gift from grandma and he opened it up and he saw that it was crocheted house shoes. And he lifted them up for everybody to say and say, oh, wow, just what I wanted. Oh, I've always, you know, making fun of grandma's gift. May I tell you that the rest of us cousin took him out behind the house? And may I tell you that he never, ever responded like that ever again. But he, was, he didn't understand. He didn't understand. First of all, Grandma's very poor. The fact that she's doing anything for us is awesome and incredible. And the fact, that, the fact of the matter is to look at all of those people crammed in that room and every single one of them opened a gift that was handmade by our Grandma. 
true value of our gifts are not in the cost of the gift. Second thing I want to say here is don't let pride dictate the amount you spend. You see, not everybody's salary is in the same zip code. Sometimes it's not even the same universe. So don't allow what somebody else's family spends on gifts pressure you into overspending. And don't be fooled either because most families go into debt for Christmas. They're spending money that they do not have to buy gifts for people that do that, that for, buy, to buy gifts that people don't actually need to impress people they don't even really like. <laughs> so don't allow pride dictate to dictate the amount you spend. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 2 says, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Here's a little practical tip for somebody here this morning. Years ago, when, when our kids were, were little, we, we had a fund that we called gifts. And so my wife and I, we would set aside a few dollars from every paycheck every single week for gift giving. We understood that Christmas was coming, and we wanted Christmas to be special for our kids. And we wanted to do something special for our kids. And we knew that, that we were unable at that time uh, to come up with a, a large amount of money in order to do Christmas the way we wanted to do Christmas. And so all year long, every single paycheck, we would take out a little bit of money, and we would set it aside in a fund we called gifts. And when Christmas came, there was a nice amount of money there to take care of our, Just a little tip that will help somebody here today. I'm giving you five tips this morning on how to make the holiday happier. The third one is, tip number three is resign the position of Santa Claus. If you want to be happy this holiday season, you better resign the position of Santa Claus because nobody can compete with Santa Because Santa has gifts for everybody. And Santa knows what everybody wants and he never disappoints. And Santa travels in all types of weather. It doesn't matter if it's a blizzard. It doesn't matter. Santa travels in all types of weather. Nothing keeps him from showing up at every single house. Nobody can compete. With Santa. Don't allow yourself to be pressured into unrealistic expectations. Whether that be in the cost of the present, whether that be in which side of the family to go to on Christmas Day. My wife and I, we have a son, we have a daughter, we have grandkids, and we want to spend time with our kids, and we want to spend time with our grandkids during the Christmas holiday season, and we do. But we have never put pressure on either one of them as to a particular day. As long as we have our family time, whether that be Christmas Eve, whether that be Christmas morning, whether that be Christmas night, whether that be three days before Christmas, whether that be three days after Christmas, as long as we have time together with our family. Because we understand that that their spouses also have parents and families they need to spend time with. 
And even, even if the holidays are split, maybe they live in different cities and, and maybe you have to go to Thanksgiving to this family this year and Christmas the next and then you flip-flop it and you change it and switch it back and forth. Whatever it takes. Listen, resign the position of Santa Claus. Stop trying to please every single person. And don't allow yourself to be pressured into unrealistic expectation. And let me tell you this, and don't be guilty. Don't be guilty of placing unrealistic expectations on others. Resign the position of Santa Claus. Give yourself permission to be human. Give yourself permission to be human. Hey, so what? So what if the fudge or the, or the peanut brittle doesn't get made this year? Now, I'm not talking to you, Roma. I want my peanut brittle this year like I get every year. So what if you don't get to make the Christmas candy this year? So, so what if your gifts are in gift bags instead of wrapping paper? Save the bags and use them again next year. Because you see, the sun will still rise the day after Christmas, even if you do not meet all of the unrealistic demands and crazy expectations that have been placed on you. Stop trying to please everybody. Stop trying to make everyone happy. Give yourself permission to be human. Give yourself permission to be content with just doing the best you can with what you have. Let me give you the fourth tip on how to make your holidays happier. And and this is my favorite. (laughs) Tip number four, reject the invitation to a fight. Reject the invitation to a fight. Family gatherings can be stressful. Some extended family gatherings for Christmas resemble the gunfight at the OK Corral. Where everyone chooses sides... And has, a ch- and has a shootout. And every family has an instigator. Don't mention any names. But every family has an instigator. Someone who knows how to push the right buttons and get everybody riled up. Now the button might be politics. It might be favorite sports teams. It might be some family history. Tip number four on how to make the holidays happier for you, reject the invitation to a fight. Don't take the bait. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't take the bait. Hey, what difference does it make if you think Romo should be sitting or starting? (laughs) Jerry Jones will make that decision. Notice I didn't say the coach. (laughs) Trump will be the next president, whether you like it or not. 
And family history is just that. It's history. History means the past. And the past is past, whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be somewhere in between. It cannot be undone. It cannot be redone. Listen, listen this morning. If you can't change it, why fight about it? Romans chapter 12 and verse number 18 says, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Say, all that you can. See, see, all that you can includes staying silent when you, when you want to blast somebody. Doing all that you can includes using wisdom and self-control. Doing all you can means uh, leaving your gun in your holster when you'd love to draw it out and shoot somebody. Here's another little practical tip this morning. Before you go to that extended family gathering that is laced with all types of personalities where a time bomb is ticking, talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Remind yourself that the instigator is going to be there. They always come. Perhaps your extended family has more than one. Caution yourself that the bait is going to be dangled in front of you. Be on the lookout for it because it's coming. It may happen before lunch, it may happen during lunch, it may be during the football game after lunch, but it is coming. So tell yourself, don't take the bait. And if someone else does, don't join in, don't take sides, remain neutral. Proverbs chapter 26 and verse number 20 says, where wood is not added, the fire goes out. And I must say this this morning, if you are the instigator, resign the position. Resign the position. Number five this morning, I'm giving you just five, kind of fluffy this morning, that's all right, we were pretty serious last Sunday, but five tips on, on how to make your holidays happier. The fifth thing that you need to do, I believe you need to relish the simple thing. Relish the simple things. See, as you get a little bit older, you begin to realize that what we call the simple things are really the things that matter the most. See, it's all the little things in life, not a handful of big things that truly make life worth living. See, people people who can only be happy when big things are happening to them spend most of their time unhappy. Because most of the time, there are not big things happening in our life. It's, it's only on occasion. It's only every once in a while when big things happen in our life. And so people who determine their happiness upon big things, and only when big things happen in their life, only then can they be happy. They spend most of their time and most of their life unhappy. On the other hand, People who are consistently happy are usually the people who relish the simple or small pleasures in life. I want to challenge you today to do two things. First of all, I want to challenge you to enjoy people more than 
more than presence. Enjoy people more than presence. Appreciate the giver more than the gift. A pastor in Spokane, Washington, tells the story of his little girl. And his little girl came into his office one day and said, Daddy, will you play with me? The pastor replied to his little daughter. He said, Sweetheart, honey, Daddy is really, really busy right now, but I promise you, I promise you, I will play with you as soon as Daddy finishes his work. Little daughter said to him, Daddy, when you are finished working, I'm going to give you a great big hug. She then turned and she walked out of his office, but then immediately returned and gave her daddy a giant chiropractic bone-breaking bear hug. And the pastor said to his little daughter, he said, Sweetheart, I thought you said that you were going to give daddy a hug after I finished my work. She said, I am, daddy. She said, I just wanted you to know what you have to look forward to. I tell you that long after your employer forgets your name, may I tell you that long after the gold watch they gave you is tarnished, may I tell you that long after the adrenaline rush is past or the disappointment fades from the presence you receive or the presence that you did not receive, may I tell you that people will still be in your life. Enjoy people more than presence. Enjoy people more than projects. 25 years ago, I planted a church in Midland, Texas. My wife and I, we poured our blood, sweat, and tears into that project for 12 years. My wife and I invested thousands of dollars into that project. The last time I was there, as I was called back to preach... Last time I was there, someone came up to me on Sunday morning and asked me, is this your first time to visit our church? May I tell you, I wanted to say, is this the first time I've ever visited this church? Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I started this church. I built this church. My name is on the plaque next to the front door. Before you was I am. No, this is not the first time I visited this church. That's what I wanted to say. Here's what I'm saying. Don't overvalue projects and undervalue people. And especially the people in your life that mean the most to you. Relish the simple things like like watching your kids or your grandkids open their presents that you bought for them. Or watching your kids or your grandkids Uh, Play basketball or volleyball or football or march in the band or, or do gymnastics or whatever it is that your kids and your grandkids love to do. Relish that quiet romantic walk with your 
with your spouse. Relish that little break that in your routine, that little bit of time off that you, that you get if you're blessed to get it at Christmas time. Relish the small things. Relish the simple things. A, a good cup of coffee in the morning as you open the Word of God. And the list goes on and on and on. Relish the simple things. Understand that true happiness doesn't depend on what's happening. Something bigger and better doesn't have to happen to us every single day in order for us to be happy. If your happiness is dependent upon what's happening to you, listen, listen, you will be unhappy most of the time. I get some help on the platform this morning. The takeaway today is happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice. Can I tell you that in my life and in my married life in the last 44 years that that there have been times when my wife and I hardly had anything at all? And then there are times when we have been abundantly blessed and we've had times in between. I can tell you as I look back at different places and I wonder, and even my brother asked me one time, how in the world can anybody, he came out to West Texas to visit us, and he said, how in the world can anybody be happy out here in this, this uh, ungodly country like this? But we were. Why? Because happiness is a choice. I encourage you today to choose to be happy regardless of the circumstances. Hey, God loves you. He loves you so much that he, that he gave the best that he had when he gave his only son, Jesus, to come. Not only to live, but he came, he came with the purpose of dying. He came with the purpose of taking your place uh, and, and dying for your sin and taking the punishment for your sin. The greatest gift that could ever be given was given when God gave his son, Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you this morning that if God doesn't do one other thing for me the rest of my life, and God has done so much for me, and I believe that God's going to continue to do good and great and awesome things in my life, but if God never does one other thing for me, I'm going to tell you the fact that he gave the best that he had when he gave his son, Jesus, that in and of itself is enough. And the fact that I don't have to go to hell, but I get an opportunity to go to heaven. Amen. That and that alone is enough to make me be happy and enjoy my life. Happiness is a choice. Choose to be happy regardless of the circumstances. I cannot finish this sermon today without saying that there is absolutely no true happiness There's absolutely no lasting happiness without a personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. My question to you this morning as we finish is, do you know the Christ of Christmas? Do you know the Christ of Christmas? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room this morning, Do you know the Christ of Christmas today? Do you know Jesus personally? Is he the Lord and the Savior of your life? 
As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, if, if you cannot say that, that, that you know the Christ of Christmas personally, if you cannot say that, that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, You want to be able to say that today. You want to make Jesus Christ both Savior and Lord of your life today. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hand all over this room this morning. Anyone in this room, you're saying, I do not know personally the Christ of Christmas. He is not my personal Lord and Savior, but I want to make him my personal Lord and Savior today. Anyone in this room this morning can lift their hand today. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word that has been shared today, Lord, just very practical this morning, some of it kind of light and fluffy this morning, but all true and all meaningful and all needed. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you will help the word, Father, and Lord, may the seeds be planted. God, if any of us today are guilty of any of these things that we talked about today, God, help us to be aware of that and help us to make a, a change this Christmas. Help us, Father, Lord, just to go through this Christmas season, Lord, just so excited and happy that, 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 that we know the Christ of Christmas.